Hey, Jen, want to go to Bowling Green? Do I have to wear the ugly shoes? Great. Today we're going to share some of the live Q&A session from our recent marriage day in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And no, there were no strikes, spares, or funny shoes. Let's do it. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, IntimateCovenant.com. Welcome, friends. Today, we're recording from Nashville, Tennessee. We are. We just finished a fantastic weekend with some old and lots of new friends in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And today is our travel day back to Houston, and we are stopped on our way to the airport to record this intro. (laughs) Yeah, we have a late (laughs) flight, and so we're spending the afternoon sightseeing in Nashville. Currently, we are sitting in the park near downtown, staring at a full-scale replica of the Parthenon. Uh, Yes, the Parthenon, (laughs) and we've seen breakdancers and guitar players and uh, folk uh, singers yes uh, uh, lots doing of yoga lots of interesting things at the park today there, there is a lot uh, to, to going on here and we're we're sitting currently under a tree trying to not broadcast to the entirety of the park <laughs> and also trying not to get their background noise but if you hear some uh, children playing in the background or the breeze blowing through the trees uh, just imagine being here with us in the shade on this beautiful day in Nashville, Tennessee. We we will take this show on the road, literally, right, Matt? <laughs> That's what we've done. And uh, uh, speaking of which, the, the theme for the, the marriage day that we just finished in Bowling Green was uh, exploring love and romance in the Song of Songs. Uh, we looked at some some important themes uh, that's that are found in this oft-neglected book of the Bible, I think. That's right. And if this study sounds interesting to you, you can actually watch it because we have a video recording of this material available on our website. Yeah, we, we presented some of this same material in Tampa this year uh, back in March. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a professional videographer come and make some recordings uh, of this very material. And you can actually purchase unlimited access to these recordings if you go to our website, intimatecovenant.com backslash shop. Uh, check the show notes. I'll have the link in the show notes if you're interested. Uh, but but available, there are six videos with over four hours of material uh, discussion, discussing uh, some themes like uh, creating emotional connection through conversation, uh, navigating the dance of sexual pursuit and rejection, uh, harnessing the power of sexual fantasy, and, and removing barriers to intimacy. That's right. It's one of our favorite seminars and we were glad to do it in Tampa and glad to just get to do it again in Bowling Green. Yes, yeah, so we had 48 couples with us this weekend, so it was, uh, it was a big, uh, big full room uh, full of uh, new and, and old friends. That's right. Uh, and shout out to those of you who we just met. 
Um, yeah. If you're listening to the, this episode, thank you for being there. We certainly enjoyed getting to know uh, all of these new couples Absolutely. in Bowling Green. And it, it is, it's just still so humbling and surreal to travel to places we have never been and meet people <laughs> who greet us by telling us that they listen to the podcast. Yes, uh, we had several people uh, tell us it was nice to to actually see us live and put a, a full face to our voices, and you which know is what? crazy to Yeah, me. you know what? Vice versa. <laughs> That's yeah. one of our favorite things about doing this is meeting so many new and, and fun people. And, and perhaps one day we will eventually be able to meet and hug all of you, uh, all of those uh, of you that encourage us with your downloads and with your feedback. Thank you. Absolutely. And while we were in Bowling Green, we also got to spend some time with nearly 40 young unmarried Christians, um, which was amazing. Great way to spend a Friday night. Yeah, it was great. We had a good discussion, uh, good discussions about finding purpose when you're single and how to practically live out. Uh, your sexuality as a single person without a spouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, Deep, deep, good discussions for singles. And we really loved getting to do that, loved getting to meet um, those that aren't necessarily listening to the podcast. But I don't know, I guess word of mouth, you know, word about us is spreading even to the singles, which is (laughs) also crazy. (laughs) Uh, We we had a good time, though. And uh, as the sirens pass... You know, you just can't help it when there's live events, uh, live recordings. That's right. Um, in, in a in an open environment like this, <laughs> in the middle of a park. Maybe we should have found a recording studio in Nashville. Isn't this like the music capital of the <laughs> how, world? Or how something? ironic that we are recording in Nashville. Well, in, in either case, um, we we just released our calendar availability for 2023. So, yeah. if you like these good people of Bowling Green, Kentucky, if you would like to bring us to your community. Uh, we already have some tentative plans in the works for several locations mm-hmm. uh, in 2023, and uh, we still have plenty of room to add your community to that list of destinations. We would love to get to meet you and, and love to uh, spend some time with you uh, doing a, a marriage event or a singles event or some other right. intimate covenant weekend event. We would well, love to do that. Whatever that looks like. If you want to schedule a marriage day, singles event, anything like that, contact us feedback at intimatecovenant.com. Absolutely. And so for this week's podcast episode, as we alluded to, we wanted to share some of the Q&A session from this Marriage Day event. Uh, We got some great questions, some great feedback. So we hope you enjoy, but (laughs) we should warn you. That's right. Our our intro is not the only thing that has some different audio background (laughs) noises. The the audio recording for for this session is so good that you're going to hear every squeak from Matt's chair. And it sounds yes. like this. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. So uh, we still think this Q&A session is worth your time. Uh, you're just going to hear some squeaking in the background. But of course, if you have questions of your own, uh, you, of course, can always reach out to us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com, or you can submit it anonymously on our website, intimatecovenant.com backslash podcast. Click the button that says contact the podcast and you can submit your feedback or questions there anonymously. But in the meantime, as always, keep striving and don't settle. Uh-huh. One of Jen's favorite things is uh, spontaneous questions that we get. She just loves it. So she's been looking forward to this all day. Um, but in all seriousness, we, we do appreciate your participation in this. Um, 
it used to be, when we first started doing this, Jen used to worry so much. She's like, what if nobody asks any questions? What are we going to do for 45 minutes? I was like, they're going to ask questions. And, and you do. Every time. I'm always hoping there will be no questions. Not going to happen. Okay. Okay, one, one of the questions we got is, what suggestions do you have for getting through the stage of having young children while also trying to make your marriage a priority? Oh, the stage oh, of young man. kids. We have four total, nine years apart, between our oldest and our youngest, and the years of littles were busy, busy, yes. busy years. So we get it. We're, we're a little bit on another side of that now. but They do grow up eventually. Um, <laughs> if you don't kill them. Don't. <laughs> Either way, you get rid of them. <laughs> um, so one of, the, one of the downsides of doing... Uh, all of this in a single day, which is um, how we've done it today. So I guess let me re- let me backstory. Okay, <laughs> this w- this material was originally presented at our annual retreat, so we got to present all of this and more over the course of two and a half days. So you can imagine taking a little bit more time to do it a little bit more in depth. But one of the sessions that we had to cut out just for sake of time is called "Catch the Foxes." And that is, in fact, one of the, one of the sections we read, uh, maybe chapter two, if I'm not mistaken. Towards the end of that chapter, she implores her husband to catch the foxes that are spoiling our vineyards. <laughs> Just insert the word children. <laughs> okay. There is no mention of children in here because the children are not the priority and the centerpiece of your marriage. But they will spoil your vineyard really quickly. Yeah, it's not, it is not by mistake. There is not a single mention of children in the entire book. Not even making children. It's not the point. And the point of your marriage is not children. The point of your marriage is primarily the covenant that you have made to each other. And learning about God and holiness through your marriage relationship. Learning about self-sacrificial love, learning about faithfulness, that is the lesson, that is the priority. So, so one of the first ways you can make marriage your priority in the years of the littles is just by doing things like this. Putting forth the effort to work on your marriage in ways that help build your marriage up. But I think one of the great ways that you can do that is by date night. Making the effort to be together in a very purposeful and dedicated way. Now, I know babysitters are expensive, and I know not everybody has in-town family. And date night can be expensive, depending on what you're doing. But date night, when we say date night, we don't mean you've got to get a babysitter, spend the whole evening or day away, and you've got to go eat at expensive restaurants, and you've got to... Um, put all this effort and time and money into it. You do have to put time into it, mm-hmm. but you don't have to spend any money to put the kids to bed early and go sit on your back porch and have intentional time and conversation together. And when I say date night, I do not mean going to a movie. <laughs> Please never go to a movie on date night. <laughs> You can maybe go to dinner afterwards if you like movies and you want to go see movies. That's fine. That's entertainment, and that is distraction away from your spouse. 
why would you use the precious little time that you have to go away and be distracted away from each other? That's three hours of wasted opportunity in my mind. Now, that's my soapbox. That's my opinion. That's that, remember that third layer of information we talked about? You can tell that Matt's a big movie buff. <laughs> I mean, I, I like movies. I like to watch movies. But let's recognize that's a distraction. That's not a date. That has nothing to do with connection. You can't convert. You'll, they'll kick you out of the movie theater if you have the kind of conversations that you should be having <laughs> on date night. So, so you make marriage your priority by, by capitalizing on that time that you do have together and being very intentional and purposeful with that time. We're also huge proponents of getaways. If you've not spent time away from your children, please, please, please do that. Because let me tell you, that, that's a completely different wife. Lover girl comes out in a hotel room. <laughs> Mom mode isn't really so sexy. And, and she can work hard to tap into lover girl on a regular Tuesday night. You, ha- you have to do that. But hotel room lover girl, way better. Look, there, there is nothing about the hotel room that is especially helpful in this, right? The beds are not more comfortable. The pillows are not better in the hotel room. Whatever they're pumping into the AC is not a pheromone to help attract you. It smells funny, but it doesn't have anything to do with attraction. Why is it that hotel sex is so much better? It's not because of the room. It's because of the connection that you've been able to build with 24 or more hours of dedicated attention and conversation. So capitalize on that, guys, girls. Make connections within your church family. Take, off, take turns. Trade off with one another. Keeping each other's kids for the weekend. Yeah, you're going to end up with a weekend where there's like 20 little people in your house. That's okay. You'll survive if you know the weekend is coming when you have no little people around. So see the importance of that. And even if you don't have children, there's just something powerful that happens when you get away from everyday life. Get away from your distractions. Catch those foxes, whatever those foxes are that are spoiling your vineyard. It might be work. It might be other obligations. It might be other people. Catch the foxes and get them out of your, uh, out of your vineyard. Now, you can't always just escape, right? Date night and getaways are escaping those foxes. You can't just live on a date night or in a getaway. That would be nice. Let's do that. <laughs> so how do you manage it when it's everyday life? Well, I think two big things. Number one, don't send me hate mail for me saying this, but... Get those babies out of your room. Get them out of your bed. And that's true literally and figuratively. Now, I know we had four. They, half of them never even slept, I think, until they were 10 years old. <laughs> so I, I know. Don't come at me with, yeah, but you don't know my kid. And I'll, I, I'll, match, your, I'll match your story with one better. <laughs> I know what it is to have littles who don't sleep well, blah, blah, blah. But let me tell you, walk them back to their bed. They need their own bed because this is where your refreshment comes from. And there's great power in this connection. That actually makes you a better mommy. 
Having that little one Velcroed to your hip 24-7 doesn't make you a better mommy. When you can present for your children, because guess what? They don't stay little. They grow up. And I'm smack in the middle of that, and I'll cry if I think about it, so I can't go there. But they leave your house. And you know what you want them to know when they leave your house? That you made your marriage a priority, and you cast the vision for them. Not to go find another mama, but to find that, to find covenant love. So it starts all the way when they're little and getting them out of your bed. Give yourself some sanity time where those little people are not in your room. We taught our kids from a very young age that they had their own room. And I get when they're itty bitties, they're in your room for a small time period. I get that. But as soon as they can, they need to have their own room. And, and I spent a lot of time walking them back to their room. And I, we also taught our children that our room was our sanctuary. And so we taught our kids a very important thing, that they were never allowed in our room without direct permission. Because mommy and daddy's room was so special for mommy and daddy. And so our kids were to stand at the door, and they knocked on that door. Even if the door is open. No. They, they, did not have, they had to have permission to go into our room. Now, you're going to call Child Protective Services or something um, on us. That's fine. But it taught it's, them a powerful lesson of, of, of the fact that the whole world wasn't centered around them, nor was our home. Our but home was centered on this, not them. It gave us a place from which to build the vision of the family that we wanted to build. So I think one more other really important thing about this. Oh, you're going to hate this. Schedule sex. Schedule it. How do busy people make things happen? You put it on your calendar. You write it in pen or marker. You schedule it. How do busy people have meaningful sex on a regular basis? Sometimes you have to schedule it. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, but Matt, that's so boring. Scheduling sex, what, there's, no, there's nothing romantic about that. Well, don't schedule boring sex. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> schedule meaningful time together with, that involves sexual connection. And let me tell you, responders, this is your best friend. Because you have time to build up that response. Female responders, you have time to work on those mental images, to get yourself to a place of arousal so that 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night can be capitalized on versus I, I, I don't have another an hour now. You've already done the work. So if you know what Monday night or what Tuesday night is going to hold for you, you can do the work of getting yourself prepared for that. Yeah, and pursuers, th this is beautiful because it takes away any pressure that you have to put on the situation. You already know it's coming. You don't have to have anxiety about when's the next time I'm gonna have sex. How, I don't have to put in all of this work of trying to read the room every night, all the time. Now we know. Now, is there room for spontaneous sex? Of course, great, even better. But now we know, now we have something set up, now we have communicated our expectations about what we want to do and how we want to connect with one another. Can we make that a reoccurring event? 
Uh, okay, so <laughs> on your calendars, it needs to repeat weekly. So here, here's what, here, yeah, here's what happened uh, when we were teaching this a long time ago. So I, again, I'm a veterinarian, and one of the analogies that I use all the time to tell people, like I was giving instruction commonly to people to try to do something for their pet twice a week. So I was like, trash day happens twice a week. So schedule it, uh, do, do this procedure on your, or this, this treatment to your pet on trash nights, and that's how you remember. Well, somehow that worked its way into an analogy about scheduling sex, and so then uh, one of my friends then bought me a t-shirt that says something about trash night. Uh, it's a Hashtag, raccoon or it's a raccoon, like is it trash night tonight or something like that. <laughs> Hashtag trash night means something different in the intimate level of the world. But ladies, your husband will never forget when to take out the trash. (laughs) Everybody wins. (laughs) All right, next question. What are some examples of praising in the moment or even in afterglow? I am a woman of few words, a rare breed. (laughs) So what does it look like? I get. I, I love this question because this person is saying, "Okay, I, 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 I get it. I'm buying in. But what do I actually say?" And so I think it's things like, "Thank you for connecting with me." Do you verbalize, "Thank you for being here in this moment"? If not, that's a great place to start. But it's also things like. You're so good at helping me feel good. And then elaborate on that. Your pursuer wants to hear what you enjoyed. They want that desperately. They want so badly to please you. But they are not mind readers. And so if you just share simple statements like, thank you. I loved it when you touched me this way. Now, I know responders are so hard to do. But if you lean into that, there's so much power in picking those words. Now, pursuers, please do not meet that with, great, and next time, let's do five more things that will be even better. Don't do that to her. She'll clam right back up. But But, but this is also a place for pursuers to express your appreciation and for you to express the other side of this that you, if you just said to your, to your spouse, when we connect this way, I feel, fill in the blank, I feel approved, I feel seen, I feel heard, I feel just joyful, I feel connected. That, just that <laughs> sentence alone, try that out, let, let, give me some feedback, but I can assure you, I think, Moving that way, starting a sentence of when we connect this way, I feel something. Right. Tell your spouse that in that moment. That's powerful. Right. So learning to share your feelings in the moment of afterglow. That's how you make sex not just a physical thing. This is the power of the emotional connection that sex really is all about. What about the problems that arise with age and childbearing, hormonal issues and lack of desire, for example? So without question, there are definitely challenges to aging. There are definitely challenges to childbearing in terms of the hormones and 
you know, but God made it this way, but babies come from the same place where babies are made. So that wrecks havoc in some cases on anatomy and physiology and hormones. And that's not to, you know, the things that we've said certainly are not to dismiss that. But I, I, I will say that it is possible and in fact biblical and encouraged that you can have a sexual relationship with your spouse for your entire life. We, we shy away from that in our society, thinking about old people having sex, that's gross. Fine, you can leave it, but I'm, I'm taking it. <laughs> I'm going there. I'm here for it. Know what the young kids say? I'm here for it. I'm that. here for it, yes. <laughs> I, I'm going there. This is a gift that God has given, and he didn't just give it to young people. I mean, Abraham and Sarah, why did they have reasonable expectation that they would have a child? They weren't just hoping for immaculate conception. So I think there's some, something to say about that. And yes, are childbearing years challenging? Yes, because of all of the, the things that we've talked about. But Here's what, I would, here's what I would encourage you. Most of you look like you're younger than I am, so this is some advice that I would give to you especially, but it, it applies to all of us. Expanding your repertoire in terms of finding and having and perfecting many ways to provide sexual pleasure to each other is relationship insurance. Because there is going to be a time when not everything works the way you wish it would work. Whether that's erection problems, whether that's desire or lubrication problems, whether that's just physically things hurt and you can't do things like you would wish you could do because of pain or surgery or health problems or, or just pregnancies. pregnancy, just simply aging. Things are not going to work. And if you're only relying on one single way to express sexual connection with each other, that likely is going to be off the table at some point. So find ways, build ways to connect with each other sexually in as many ways as you can. And stop making orgasm your goal. Orgasm is not your goal with sex. That's why people in their 80s and 90s can still have a completely fulfilling sex life, even though that goal may be much harder to attain for one or both of them. Because orgasm is not the goal of sex. It's not why God created sex. He created sex for connection. Connection is your goal every time. That's possible for both of you every time. That's your goal. So whoever orgasms or not is not the point. And I think an, a, an important note here that I would add to this is, is a very practical tip. Because um, the question is asking about hormone issues or lack of desire. And this has to do with that female pattern of arousal. Wetness may or may not be a part of how your body is able to express desire and arousal at this point in your life. So stop 
making that the end-all be-all. Start using lube from the very beginning. Stop waiting for your body, because like, remember what I said? It takes 20 minutes for your body really to come on board. Well, you're wasting time <laughs> if you're waiting for, for your body and body indications like wetness to be the, okay, now we can start. And, so, th- and there are so many excellent choices of artificial lubricants. There's like mm-hmm. t- 10 different varieties. Go, g- get on our podcast. There's a whole episode. We actually did a whole episode on lube. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, but if you're not They're sure what like to use, what? I know. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of choices and lots of different reasons yeah. to make those choices. It keeps, I think our battery is dying on them. Um, but if you'll start using lube from the very beginning, then you've just taken out the problem that's probably going to arise when hormones are fluctuating. And, but then there's no anxiety. Is it, am I, am I going to get wet or am I not going to get wet? And what's the anxiety and how quickly can we get this started? It's especially helpful on a Tuesday night when you don't have hours of, of time to put into the effort. If your mind has decided, just go ahead and help your body out. And just do it. If you make it a habit every time, then you don't have to worry about it or think about it. Again, it's insurance. All right. How can I get my husband to pursue again after previously rejecting him and to pursue with manly confidence, not timidity? This feels like a personal question to me because I could have asked this same question about seven, eight years ago. Um, because I had spent a lot of time rejecting my husband, not even really realizing I was rejecting him because I didn't understand the beauty of the sexual relationship for both of us. So I would say my advice to you, wife, would be to own your part of the equation and to apologize. How can I get my husband? Well, you can't get your husband to do anything, but you can take your side of the equation and you can start vocalizing, start communicating with him. And and apologize by offering emotional and sexual invitation. So own what you have done, but start desiring connection yourself, emotionally and sexually. And and when you do that, when you start offering invitation for him, then you're telling him that that it's safe to pursue again. Now, it's going to take some time because rejection hurts. And there's some wounds that have to be healed. Those wounds will never get healed, though, unless you start putting words to it. Start the communication. But ultimately, I mean, just looking back in the song, in the in the. The song, that the, the poem that we looked at in chapter five. After he left, after he was rejected, how did the relationship get initiated again? Who pursued then? It was her. She had to go look for him. She had to invite him back. So if you're waiting to, to try to decide who's supposed to go first, the answer is me. If I've been rejected, the answer for me is to keep pursuing. If I'm the rejecter, the answer is for me to pursue. Each of us needs to pursue in that way. 
and my pursuit is going to look different than her pursuit. And each of us need to be open and, and empathetic to how are they going to pursue me. It's going to look different. She's going to invite me to connection in a very different way than I'm going to invite her to connection. But I need to be listening for places where she wants to connect. But stop being afraid of talking to one another. Tear down those barriers. Start putting words to it. it, it it's a, uh, one, one, of the, um, one of the guys that we read sometimes um, has a, uh, a phrase, and it's probably common to a lot of folks. I don't know if he made it up or not, but he uses it a lot, that I can't require anything from my spouse. All I can do is inspire. All I can do is be an influence, be a safe place for my spouse to, to come to. All I can do is invite, but I can't require anything. So how do I get my spouse to do something is the wrong question. The, the question is, how do I invite my spouse to reconnect? How can I invite in a way that they will hear? Because they're looking for something different probably than what I'm looking for. They have different expectations. How can I tell them in a way that they can hear what it is that I'm trying to connect to? Is it right? And is there a place that you can ask your spouse to, to maintain themselves, especially when it comes to hygiene? And I think absolutely. I mean, I, I do think that how we present ourselves to our spouse says something. And, and so we should never come to a place where we just don't care. What is that saying to your spouse? Do you actually care about this relationship? If so, it should show in all aspects of your life and how you carry yourself. You want to add? No, I, I think that's, that's a perfect answer. I mean, um, there's nothing wrong with expressing your desires and your wants and, um, and your preferences. That, that's perfectly appropriate in this relationship. Now, is there a way to do that that is edifying and encouraging? And is there a way to do that that's demeaning and critical? Of course. I mean, if you say, you lazy slob, can you just brush your teeth once in a while? That sounds very different than saying, my preference is minty fresh. <laughs> and when you're minty fresh. When you're minty fresh, it's a whole lot easier. Here's what can happen. Yeah, okay. That I think really the, the behind the scenes of that, thank you for stopping. Uh, behind the scenes of all that is the why. So learn to identify the why. And, and having deeper conversations. So instead of just saying, I don't like that you're 50 pounds heavier, what if you had conversations about what that may or may not mean for their health and the concerns that maybe you have for them and their health and how that may or may not be affecting your sexual life? I mean, there is a strong correlation with erectile dysfunction and weight. So it is a concern. It very much can be affecting your sexual life and it is okay to have those conversations, you should. But you, be having, you should be having those conversations in respectful ways. And you need to be coming at this again from the standpoint of seeing much more than just physical attraction. Well, and, and always, as with every topic, coming at this from the, from the standpoint of we, mm -hmm. not me criticizing you, but we. Right. How are we going to deal with this? This is something that is affecting our sexual relationship, how can we together address this? 
because we're on the same team, right? It's not me against you trying to berate you into doing something different. It's us dealing with whatever it is that's affecting our relationship in whatever way. Thank you for listening. If you have something to add, we would invite your feedback, questions, and suggestions via our email, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. To submit anonymous questions and feedback, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com backslash podcast. Click on the button, contact the podcast for an anonymous submission form. In addition to this podcast, Intimate Covenant offers group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, weekend seminars, and an annual marriage retreat. We would love to continue the conversation about God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality with you and your friends. If you're interested in bringing us to your church or small group, please contact us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. May God continue to bless your marriage.